0: Welcome to the iOS Lead Essentials podcast, here we discuss the strategies in your journey to level up as an iOS developer, that is, achieve technical excellence and seriously increase your
1: income. I'm Mike. And I'm Kyle, And the topic today is how not to be undervalued as an iOS developer compared to back-end developers. So we decided to create this podcast because we received many messages, questions like I'm thinking about becoming a full stack developer or a back end developer because the backend devs get better salaries. We also receive questions like The backend team treats the iOS team like we are creating a toy, and the real programming and the real business value is in the back end. And of course, this is nonsense, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is nonsense. So what is the problem here? Right? It's a lack of understanding that the real business value is in the product as a whole. It's not in the back end. It's not in the front end. It's not in the app. It's not in the web, right? It's in the product as a whole, how it operates together, not only a single part. And that both iOS and back-end teams are equally valuable. You need both. Yes. Right, the backend alone is not enough. We need good client-facing apps. With good user experience. Right, so you can deliver value to the customers. Or will you ask your clients <laughs> to perform HTTP requests to do whatever they want to do? <laughs> That's it. Manually, on the terminal. <laughs> yep. Send them the documentation... Yeah, And they need to use like curl on the terminal. Exactly. No, you need a great app, right? A client-facing app with a great user experience. And the app alone isn't enough either. Right? Most applications, most features will require some kind of backend that can support that feature. Mm -hmm. Right? That is safe, that can enforce the business rules and so on. And I also worked in the mobile first companies where the roles are inverted. <laughs> There's much more investment in the mobile apps than in the back end. So, you know, like even like the iOS team might get a better salary than the backend. So this also depends on the company. It's not just backend make more or iOS make more. It depends. It depends where the focus of the company is. Makes sense? Yep. If there's more investment in the mobile apps, maybe you can even get a better salary as an iOS developer. And like I've been in companies where the backend team felt like secondary. <laughs> they were not happy because they were working just as hard. But they felt just like some iOS developers feel when they feel like not as valued as the backend. So we can go both ways. <laughs> I've seen both sides. But usually, usually the backend team may feel like they are providing the real business value. <laughs> but there are the mobile app first companies, right? Projects. Where you start with the mobile app and then you adapt it to the web and other platforms. And it usually starts with iOS, then... You go to Android, then you go to the web. And that's when the roles invert. Right. Right. In contrast with the traditional web first, then mobile. And then mobile is like a second thought. Make sense? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Hello from Turkey, Mexico. Hello. I thought previous podcast was last of the year. <laughs> no, this one is the last one. <laughs> Alright, so, for example, some mobile app-first companies. Uber. Some fintechs in the UK, like Starling, Revolut, Monzo. For example, Starling just released <laughs> their, their web version. Mm-hmm. They were like a mobile-first company. Yep. Mobile apps. You couldn't access through the web. Hello, hello. (laughs) Yep. Makes sense. So it's important to understand that any team that gets priority, back end or front end or whatever, and they get more investments, they will feel more important and that could be some rivalry between the teams. (laughs) Right. And you don't want that, right? Because the other one is going to feel undervalued and this rivalry is not going to lead to anything good. Rivalry doesn't lead to anything good. It doesn't help anyone progress. Have you ever been in a team where there's been rivalry in back-end and (laughs) front-end? What's going to happen? Makes everything more complicated. In my experience, many times it feels like one is trying to sabotage the other just to prove that, no, we are also important Right. (laughs) or pointing fingers when something goes wrong. It's like, no, this is a problem in the back end. It's like, no, it's in the front end. It's in the apps. So, or like, there's a feature. Why should we implement this? No, I think you should implement in the back end. It's like, no, I think you should implement in the front end and start this fight where they're not working as a team. Right, exactly. No, it doesn't lead to anything good. When there's like a critical issue, you're just assigning blame. Instead of together trying to solve the problem. Like how, how can we solve quickly? Okay, maybe we do something in the back end and we try to release something quickly in the front end as well. You know? We need to work as a team. Because both sides are important. You no, know, I remember you told me about some stories, uh PayPal. That's the, an urban legend. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. What was it? The legend goes that uh, there would be literally wrestling matches between engineers when they were, you know, they, they had different opinions on, on matters. And like whoever won the
1: wrestling match, you know, that, that would be, you know, they would go with that opinion. So whoever wins the wrestling match wins the argument. No. yeah. Hopefully it's not true. I don't know. I have no idea if it's true that's or not. Yeah. Absolutely nonsense as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even as a joke, you know, if this joke exists, it's because the rivalry existed. Right? Could be, yes. And you don't want that. This is why it's important to work as a team. And that's why I like to create feature teams when I'm working in a business. Yeah. Because then it's not like oh the back end and the front end. No, it's a feature team. We are together building a feature from end-to-end, and we are all responsible for the outcome. If the app is not good, everyone is responsible for that. If the backend is not good, everyone is responsible for that as well, because we're going to do it together. Yeah. Let's see, we have some questions here. The career progression of backend looks better, because you can also be a system architect, because of all the complexity backend devs face, like multiple servers, etc. Maybe an iOS dev will always be an iOS dev. We're going to talk about it. No. <laughs> yeah. It's... You don't need to be just an iOS dev. So, back here, if you're working as a feature team, for example, three backend developers and three iOS developers, or two iOS developers and two Android developers in the same feature team, right? For example, you're building the payments feature for an application. Mm hmm. So, this is the team. It's not like the iOS team, the backend team. It's the whole team building the payment system end-to-end. Everyone will be in the same meetings, having the same discussions and coming up with solutions together. Yep. So, everyone is responsible for the payment feature. (laughs) If it's not good, it's everyone's responsibility to improve it. Both the backend and iOS and Android apps as well. Because you only win together. When you can only win together, there cannot be rivalry. (laughs) Otherwise, you're playing against yourself. That's it,
0: exactly. Like create win-win situations. Because if the other team, you know, like the front end or the back end, it's not um, they they don't produce exactly what you need, or you know, there's just there's not gonna be there's not gonna be maximum efficiency. There's not gonna be maximum value, and that's problematic. Everyone loses then, you know. So
1: anything else, it's probably futile. Exactly, and then there is space for the iOS developers to help implement something in the backend to help scale the servers. As Omar was saying, that they have backend developers face more challenges. No, it depends. Because if you're in a feature team, everyone needs to take multiple roles and learn about the whole stack. Yes. But you're not a full stack developer. You're still the iOS specialist. But you can go and help in the back end as well because you are a software developer. You need to be a remarkable software developer. And you specialize in iOS. But if you are a software developer, you can deal with software problems. That's why you can help in the back end. You can help scale the servers. You can help with DevOps. Because you understand the full stack, but you are a specialist. Because being a specialist is what's gonna get you the best offers. But at the day to day job, you can take many hats, you know, you can work in many parts of the stack. But you are the iOS specialist and you are very good in iOS. You master the whole iOS platform. Yes. But you are a software developer. At the end of the day. You need to be a remarkable software developer. You need to understand software, understand computers, understand distributed systems. You need to understand that. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Because then you can shine in any project as an iOS specialist. Right? Because it's very common for iOS devs to help back-end developer teams, you know, and the back-end sometimes help the front-end. I work yes. in many feature teams that that's how we operate. If the back end is having some trouble, they don't have enough capacity. The mobile developers go there and implement an API that they need, you know? Because they're good software developers. They understand how to build software, good software. They can follow all the processes, you know? Because both the backend and the front end, the mobile apps, will have like CI servers, they'll have tests. So you can guarantee that you are adding new features to the backend or to the apps. And you're not breaking anything that exists. Make sense? Mm-hmm. You can guarantee the quality. Because no one is better than the other. You're working together. And you're both specialists. The back-end are specialists and they help you when you have to do something in the back-end. And you can help them as a mobile specialist. Because the back-end sometimes makes decisions that are not very optimal for mobile apps. And you as a, the mobile specialist you will help the back-end understand what you need to provide the best experience to the customers. Right. And you help both compromise how to find a good solution that pleases both sides. Make sense? Yes. Otherwise, if you don't take this role, you're just consuming whatever the back-end is. And the back-end is going to just dictate everything how it should be from their side. And you're just this person that just consume an API. And that's why they're going to think like they're providing all the value. And you're just like a client-consumer that doesn't have any saying in the whole product.
0: Yes, that's it. Good points.
1: Do we have any questions here? Yes, cross-functional teams are a great way to remove the rivalry. Exactly. Best API collaboration tool for mobile and back-end developers. Best API collaboration tool? I don't know. You don't need a tool. What I recommend you do is, for example, to create end-to-end tests from the app point of view, consuming the APIs. Because like, it's very likely that you will even find bugs or regressions in the backend with your tests. Mm-hmm. And if the backend team is overwhelmed with a lot of other tasks, you can go to the back end and solve the issues that you found with your tests. You're going to be helping the backend as well. You're not going to give a hand and fix it. They're going to respect you for that. Like, wow, you... You understood the domain, you understand what should happen, and you found a bug in our system. That's it, you're equal. They're not better than you, you're not better than them. You're working as a team. So it requires both sides, the mobile app developers and the backend developers, to understand the business domain. This is a mistake I see many iOS developers make. They don't learn about the domain of the business they are working in. They just consume the APIs the back end the sense, but they don't understand the domain. Right? For example, if you're working for an investment bank, you need to understand what is a stock, what is a future, what is an option. Right? You need to understand because you need to model those concepts. Otherwise, you're just consuming APIs and not understanding what's going on behind the scenes. So you cannot even participate in meetings about the domain because you have nothing to add to it. You're just going to consume the APIs, whatever the back end says. You're just going to say, okay, okay, you know. And that's not a good position to be in. You want to be involved in decisions. Because when you're involved in decisions, you can bring more value to the table. So Israel is saying, I was a full stack developer, and today I'm only working on iOS development. Awesome. So you became a specialist. But you understand the full stack. Fantastic. What else? How to break the mobile development is easy stigma. <laughs> well, explain to them why it's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Maybe you get some backend developers to work with you, implementing some, some things that are challenging, you know, like localization, <laughs> dealing with the force updates and caching, caching strategies. A lot of things that are not that easy and they are mandatory when you're creating good apps and good user experiences. Bring them in. Show them, demo the, the features, explain, give talks explaining like how implemented a feature. Deep linking, you know. <laughs> ask them to implement deep linking. That's you are gonna see that it's not that easy. <laughs> that's it. Like ask them to implement something exactly. Like you know. Bring them into the process. Yeah. And also be involved in the process understand their side and be part of the meetings and collaborate and bring something to the table yes so far my experience that mobile teams does not have open door to the back end apart from the api interface we are not allowed to the meetings in order not to waste time for coding mobile Mm, interesting so you're not allowed to go to the meetings not to waste time Can at least one from the mobile team go to this meeting and then bring the knowledge in and like represent the mobile team? That's something you can start doing. You don't need to put everyone in the team there. Normally the the mobile lead, the tech lead would go there, right? And represent the mobile team. And it need to bring the knowledge to the team. Yeah. Because like if you don't learn the business domain, if you're not involved in decisions, you won't be able to deliver the most value to the business and to the customers. So I think it's very important that you understand, find a way to get in those meetings. <laughs> understand like the direction the company is going. Because like when you're making architectural decisions about the app, you need to understand like what is the the long term view, the short term goals, the long term goals. Like if the business is planning to double the size of the team, you need to know that, you know, to, to be able to accommodate the new developers in the team. Or if they're trying to, like, double the productivity, you need to to understand what kind of features they want to build in the next three to six months so you can start preparing the, the architecture, the whole process to accommodate that. So you need to understand what's going on in the business, their short and long-term goals, and understand the domain. Yeah, and these are good arguments,
0: and Tomek can, like, maybe you can present these arguments. You know in your case and change that
1: because otherwise, otherwise like, the end is going to implement everything
0: yeah and, and it creates it creates this this gap um in communication and in collaboration as well like with, i don't know like in in Tomek's case how many backend developers are there but let's say you know at, at some point the uh, backend team can can't continue Like, maybe they need to reallocate these resources to some other project, right? What's going to happen then? Are, are like, the clients, you know, not going
1: to have any support? It's like, no. (laughs) So. Because a lot of the domain also needs to be implemented in the front-end apps, right? Mm -hmm. In the applications as well. There are a lot of domain challenges that you solve in the front end. Also, not to overload the back end, for example.
0: Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: There are a bunch of mobile patterns that you do to have a better experience and less cost in the back end as well. So, you need to be involved in those meetings so you can come up with those solutions to deliver more business value. Right? Mm -hmm. So, you will feel equally valuable and responsible for the product's success. You become essential for the business. Because you're not just a front-end developer, you're not just an iOS developer. You are a software engineer, you know, an architect. Even though you're yes. specialized in iOS, but in every meeting you can bring value. Yeah. They want so, you there.
0: That's the foundation, right? Like in software engineering. And then you apply the specialization on top of the foundation.
1: Exactly. So this happened in the last project I was working on in London. I learned a bunch about the domain, which was a domain I didn't understand that much, like loans, lending money, you know, for Mm -hmm. a banking app. So I had to learn regulations, competitors, things we could do, things we could not do, you know, how to store user information safely, all of those details that I need to understand about the domain when I'm implementing the front-end. And also when I'm consuming APIs from the back-end, what is secure to save, to cache, what is not? You know, how to model this data in the back-end so we are not leaking anything, we are not breaking any laws, you know? This is important. Yeah. So I was involved in every, every meeting. Like making critical business decisions. How are we going to implement this feature? How are we going to deliver value to the customers? How are we going to make sure that we are following the law? So back-end and front-end need to be there together, right? Because this will reflect in the tech decisions when building the iOS apps, right? Because we're making decisions that will fulfill the business goals and also setting up the contract with the back-end With the backend. We're not just consuming whatever the backend decided. No, we are making the decisions together. And again, writing the end to end tests to make sure, from the app point of view, that we are getting, uh, we're implementing the contract correctly, Mm -hmm. you know, as we agreed, following all the business rules, following all the regulations we need to conform to. And many times we found issues in the back end that were violating the business rules or a regulation. It happened.
0: Right. So did you go then and say, oh, you messed up? <laughs>
1: like... <laughs> Pointing fingers, blame. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, of course, of course not. not. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> we are a team. We are That's... a feature team, right? At the time, like we were doing it together. If there was a flaw there, everyone's to blame. Exactly. So there was no politics. We were just solving problems together. Hey, I found a bridge here. Oh my God, how can we solve this? Should we do it in the front end or in the back end? Oh, maybe it should be in the back end. Maybe we need to add a certificate to encrypt this thing. Yeah, okay, let's do it. You know, together. (laughs) We were solving problems together as a team. And even though I was the iOS mobile specialist, I became the tech lead for that team. Managing not just the mobile developers, but also... The back-end developers. Because there was no distinction. Like, oh, this guy knows less because he's front-end. He only understands like this iOS toy. No. (laughs) I'm a software developer. I understand about architecture, about testing, about automation. I understand about the domain I was working in because I was studying about the domain as well. I could go into meetings and provide value. Business meetings. So that's the kind of... Mindset and behavior, I would like to pass to you. So, because if you act like this in the companies, you will be more valued. You're not going to be seen as just the iOS developer creating a toy and consuming APIs. Right. <laughs> You'll be solving business challenges and providing value to customers. Makes sense. That's it. And as you said, like the the,
0: the, the I think w- <laughs> what you can say is like. If someone you know like to a backend team that maybe they have like some sort of uh, an attitude is like, yeah, the customer doesn't, as you said, like they don't they don't interact with API requests, you know it's it's the app that interact with and yeah,
1: that's how they get their value, absolutely. <laughs> But I gotta say, like nowadays, it's very rare to see backend developers being like bullying (laughs) mobile developers. Like I haven't seen it in a while. But I mean, we get emails from people complaining about it. Absolutely, in the day-to-day work, I don't see it. So I don't know. But I know there are some people going through this. So yeah. (laughs) All right. Any other questions? One of the problems I faced with backend developers—they only wanted to bridge the gap between the mobile front end the database. And they leave all information processing to the mobile front end. Okay, so you wanted to have more customized APIs that provide exactly the kind of data you wanted, but they were trying to create more general APIs that work for any kind of front end. That happens as well. And sometimes you can do all this processing in the mobile app, but if it's too much, what you can do is to go in the backend, create a new service, that will create a mapping layer from the API to what the mobile apps want, which is pretty much what GraphQL does, right? You can create these customized APIs for a specific use case in the mobile app if there will be a benefit to do it in the backend. So instead of waiting for the backend to do what you want, you go there and you make it. (laughs) Because it's gonna make the iOS app better, right? It's gonna deliver better experience to your customers. So win-win, everyone, because again, I'm saying you should be a, an iOS specialist, but you need to be a software developer. You need to understand how to build software. Thus, if you need to learn a little bit of JavaScript in the back end, Ruby, whatever they're building the back Java, C-sharp, you can go there, implement a quick, simple API layer there, middleware, to implement the, the business logic you want. That's it. That's it. All right. Another question, we can add more value. Will we be able to replace the, an architect from the server side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I get contracts as an iOS developer, but many times I become the tech lead or like the software architect, making decisions for both back-end and front-end. So that's it. You can deliver much more value when you act as a software developer that solves problems. They are creating products as a team, not as just creating iOS apps. But you need to show up as an iOS specialist because that's how you're going to get the highest offers. Because specialists get the best offers. I don't recommend you be a generalist. That's it. So that's how you're going to be able to get the highest offers. Because if you port yourself just as an iOS developer or as a generalist, it's going to be much, much harder to get these top 10% offers. Maybe you're saying, Kyle, I don't know Java. I don't know JavaScript. I don't know Ruby, I don't know C-sharp <laughs> whatever language they use in the back-end that's why I recommend you to build foundational skills, software development skills You know, skills that you can transfer to any language architecture, testing things that are not language-specific or platform-specific and of course you're going to specialize in a language in a platform you're probably an iOS developer specializing in Swift or Objective-C I don't know so you need to be a specialist but you, you need to, you're a software developer at the end of the day, you know? Yes. You just have to make your company realize that how much value you can add. Exactly. How? By adding value. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's how they're going to realize productivity, you know? Every day, every day, every day, you're delivering value, 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 value. Like there's no way <laughs> they're not going to see it. But don't wait them to see it. Tell them what you've done as well. Give talks, meetings, show what you've done. Show the result you had in sales, how much more money they made, how much money they saved, <laughs> how much more productive the team is, how much happier the customers are. You know? Show it. Don't be always pro- proactive. Always. Always proactive. And be a software developer. Gain transferable skills like Testing, Architecture, Automation, Object Oriented Programming, Functional Programming, and so on You can apply functional programming concepts into object-oriented languages, and vice-versa Because there is benefit in both sides Don't be the person that's like, no, I'm a functional programming programmer and object-oriented is terrible, I don't like it Or the opposite, I'm an object-oriented programmer and I don't like functional programming, no Like, don't be, don't choose sides, you know? Be open because there is good things in both paradigms. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) So, learn from both and apply the best solution to the problem at hand, right? Because if you only, only focus on iOS specific frameworks, right? Say, no, my stack is Alamo Fire. GraphQL, iOS apps, Firebase. It's going to be, you know, like, if you don't master the fundamentals, like, how can you translate this knowledge to another platform, to another stack? You probably cannot, right? It's going to be hard. And every time those frameworks change, they change all their APIs, they change how they work, they change everything, or they cease to exist. People don't use those frameworks anymore. They are not popular anymore. You know, you risk becoming irrelevant, your skills become irrelevant. Now you need to rebuild and learn the new stack that will disappear at some point, and then you learn the new stack and it disappears at some point. You're always chasing, you know, running after opportunities, running after things. But if you master the fundamentals, you can use any framework. Okay, now I'm using Firebase with GraphQL stack, but I'm, I'm not tied to this stack because I understand programming. I'm a good architect, I'm a good tester, I'm a good at automation. I understand software, I understand algorithms, I understand data structures. I can just use whatever tool that fits the problem right now. But like when I need to use another tool, I'm going to use another tool. <laughs> They're just tools. They're not, they shouldn't be the main part of your job, right? Yes. That's in my experience, that's what you should do. That's my recommendation. <laughs> Why? Because if you master the fundamentals, they are transferable. Transferable to any platform and language. And now I was saying, but Kyle, you said you should be a specialist. Now you're saying I should know backend as well. <laughs> <All> right. No. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you need to be a remarkable software developer. You need to understand how to build good software. So, software developer. And you specialize in a specific platform and language. Like we are iOS developers. And at the moment, we specialize in Swift. But at some point, I was an Objective C specialist. For many, 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 many years. And then I transitioned to Swift. And it was very easy to transition. Because programming is programming, right? You just change the syntax of the language. Exactly. Don't get too attached to the
0: tools. Don't get too attached to the frameworks.
1: But you will still advertise yourself as an iOS specialist. If you want to be an iOS specialist. <laughs> Which, if you are here, I think you you want to. Yes, right? You like the iOS platform. Because that's what we talk about here. We are iOS developers. Right? Because as a specialist, you can get the best offers. Because businesses that need good iOS developers, they will look for specialists. Imagine you are a bank and you want to have the best banking app. Will you look for someone that's like the specialist iOS developer? Or are you gonna choose the iOS, Flutter, Android, PHP, Ruby, Java developer. You know, right? You may know all those those tools, all this tech. But if you want to get the best offers, the best way to do it that I know that works for me is to show up as the iOS specialist, because the companies that want the best iOS apps they're gonna look for specialists with my skills. That's very good at this platform. And inside the company, I can provide a lot of value. I can do back-end development as well. I can do scripting. I can do automation. But I don't advertise myself as the C Sharp, Java, DevOps. No, I'm the iOS specialist. And I'm going to work in companies that want to build the best iOS apps. And I'm going to show up as the specialist to lead their development. Make sense? That's it. And that's how you can get the top 10% salaries, or more. But you can also get it with the title, generalist title. There are people making it. I find it much easier as a specialist. So you learn the stack, and you get jobs as a specialist, because that's how you're gonna get the best offers. For example, football. (laughs) Or soccer, if you're American. You have like goalkeepers; they're very good at free kicks and penalties. You know, like yeah, they're they can make like they can score goals, but they don't go around advertising themselves as the strikers. They are goalkeepers, right? Because they know the good teams are not looking for a goalkeeper that can also strike. No, they're looking for good goalkeepers. Yeah, and maybe in some games you can go and strike and score some goals, but that's not why you're there. You're there as a goalkeeper, right? Because the best teams would not look for this combination of goalkeeper-striker, because as a goalkeeper, if you go, you know, if you position yourself ahead to strike, you're going to leave the defense open, right?
0: Yeah. And it's not, you know, that it's not something that they do not practice, you know, like free (laughs) kicks, for example. Of course, they do practice these things, you know, or I don't know like penalty kicks. Of course they do practice these things. But exactly, the biggest value of all is in a specific role which is being the goalkeeper. Absolutely. I think specialists. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar.
1: Rogério Ceni, the goalkeeper, the previous goalkeeper for São Paulo, my team in Brazil. <laughs> he scored over 130 goals in his career. You know, more than some strikers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, he's a goalkeeper. And now a manager. You know, so that's it. You need to be a specialist if you want to get the top offers. And of course, you you learn the other stacks, of course, because then you can provide more value.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So the same way, if the goalkeeper goes to strike, he's going to leave the defense open. If you, as an iOS developer, start taking backhand work, you're going to leave the mobile, you know, the iOS app front open. So work may start accumulating. So if needed, you will use transferable skills in the back end as well, but you're there as a specialist and you're going to be treated as the specialist and you're going to be compensated handsomely as a specialist in iOS development. Make sense? Mm -hmm. At least that's what I do and that's what I recommend. I didn't do this all the time. I was a full stack developer at some point and I didn't get good offers. I didn't get good projects as a full stack developer. Some, but like, It was hard to replicate that, you know. It was very rare occasions. It's much easier as a specialist to get good projects. Exciting, you know, ambitious projects. Because those are the projects they are looking for specialists. Like most companies they are looking for generalists, they're trying to find shortcuts. They're trying to find someone that's going to build everything for them very, very cheap. Because they're looking for shortcuts. They're not looking for specialists that will build the best product. They're looking for someone that can implement the back-end, the front-end, everything, and charge the least amount possible because they're trying to save money. They're trying to get shortcuts.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And I don't know you, but I don't want to work for these companies because those are the companies that are going to tell you, no, 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 don't test, don't test. You don't have time for that. No, 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 don't think about architecture. No, no just just write the quickest, quickest project you can, you know? And then things start piling up, piling up, and then you don't want to work there anymore. You have no autonomy because they didn't hire you as a specialist. But when you are hired as a specialist, as, a, as the expert, they will listen to you. You are there to tell them what to do. So I believe you should know the whole stack because it's going to make you a better software developer. But you need to show up as a specialist. Be very, very good at iOS development. Understand the iOS platform, Swift, and deliver the best. And you can also use your skills to be involved in technical decisions, architectural decisions, and deliver more business value. That's it. Otherwise, you're going to be working for companies they want to pay you like very, very little as a single developer to make everything because they want to save time and money. Sometimes not even time, but money. Yeah, <laughs> You work, work triple, triple, building the whole stack. They're not going to pay you triple. They pay you triple as a specialist. And I know it's counterintuitive because we think that no, if I build everything, they should pay me more, but they don't. <laughs> yes. <That's a> <laughs> they pay more thing. for specialists that can build the best apps or the best backend, whatever specialist you are, whatever specializing. Makes sense? <laughs> it's counterintuitive, but that's how the business <laughs> world works. Yep. So, above all, you need to be a good software developer and you specialize in a specific stack, platform, whatever. And you can change the stack you specialize in if it makes sense to you, you know? That's it. If you want to get the best offers, I recommend you find companies that are looking for specialists because we need to pay a premium for specialists. And if you have the skills, if you are an expert in iOS development, you can get very, very good offers if you can provide all this value. Not just the tech, but also the domain, you know, be a domain specialist as well. And help them build productive teams, you know, Help them create better products, increase their revenue. If you make them more money, you can make more money. So you need to be remarkable and build software, building software in general, not just iOS. And a specialist in your platform, in this case, iOS development. And look for the companies that want specialists. Right, and inside those companies, you're going to be a role model. You're going to be a leader, and you will become a reference to the business, and the mobile and the backend team. The backend team is going to come to you to ask, to make decisions, help them make decisions, architectural decisions, you know, tech decisions, framework decisions, API decisions, because they trust your input, because you bring value. You'll be respected by all. And you'll likely be compensated handsomely as a specialist. Because you're working hard and you're going to ask what you're worth. Someone said, it's not possible to add value every day. Well, most days don't say, I'm not going to add value because I cannot do it every day. Well, as much as you can. If you can every day, do it every day. As much as you can. 10 times a day. Yeah, I agree with
0: you. Exactly.
1: It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, maybe
0: it's not possible to add value every day. It's but the goal should be to provide and add as much value as possible. So as you provide more value, you're gonna be you're gonna be able to provide more and more and more. You know, it's exactly because of the things Kairos says all this time. Like learn the domain, learn the stacks, learn the technologies,
1: learn the people, the business, of course. Mohammed asks, does the full stack include Android? Yeah, you may have some expertise with Android as well, and you can help the Android team when, when they need help. There's always like this mobile architect guy that dictates the architecture that both iOS and Android will follow. So they have like some kind of similarities in the implementation because then it's easier to manage. These two apps being developed at the same time, if they follow some similar guidelines, right? You can be this person. You can be leading both iOS and Android teams as the mobile team lead, even though you are the iOS specialist. That's it. You no, know, we have students that implement what they learn in the backend as well. <laughs> like Rodrigo, Rodrigo, are you there? Maybe not today. <laughs> But he does it beautifully, you know, he implemented everything he learned in iOS, in his iOS apps. He did it in the backhand with JavaScript. He did it with Flutter. You know, he implemented all the testing strategies, everything with Flutter deploying to both Android and iOS. And he's having a blast, you know, he can shine in any, any project. <laughs> because he acquired transferable skills. You know, he can help any team create great products. Product, not just an app or just a backend. The product is the, the whole thing, you know, is what you deliver to your customers, the experience and everything. And that's how you're not, never going to be undervalued as an iOS developer. That's how you're going to be valued as a software developer, someone that's bringing value to the business, regardless of your title, you know. Like you're going to be respected by the backend team. You're going to be respected as, as an equal to everyone. You're going to be involved in decisions, in backend decisions, in frontend decisions, in Android decisions, in business decisions. And you deliver more value as an iOS expert and go after these ambitious iOS positions that can pay you what you're worth. Yeah. Any more questions? Someone is saying, I used to work on Android, but now I'm working on iOS for the past three years. But Android has changed a lot. Yeah, imagine iOS three years ago was very different than it is today as well. <laughs> but you seem to understand. Well, you understand the concept. You understand, like the the Android platform in a way that you, you can help if needed. So don't advertise yourself as an iOS Android developer and put in your CV like all the things you know. Like I know SQL, PHP, Ruby. You know, don't don't add all this tech. Like I don't think it helps. Because if you're looking for companies that are looking for specialists and they're willing to pay a premium for that, they're not looking for someone that, you know, they're going to put in their CV like all the technologies they worked once in a lifetime. Like 10 years ago, I wrote a bit of C, so I'm going to put like C in my CV. Like that's not going to help you. Definitely not. And again, as we've been saying,
0: your compensation is a function of the value that you provide in the market, in the business, in, your, in the company that you're working for, right? So, the more you provide, the more value you provide, yeah, expect to have, you know, higher compensation, higher income or
1: whatever you're after. Exactly, but just don't sit and wait, like, I'm delivering all this value and I should be paid more because you need to go after it and Ask for a raise or look for better opportunities. Because just bringing the value is not enough. You need to bring the value and go after ambitious positions as well. Because most likely they won't come naturally. You're going to have to go after them.
0: Yes, that's it.
1: And if you want to stay on the right path, subscribe to this channel. We are committed to helping you get to the top 10% iOS dev salaries. Maybe in 2021. You know, if you have the skills already and you just need a little push, subscribe, and we're going to help you get there. If you want to learn more, visit academy.essentialdeveloper.com. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again next time. Bye, y'all. See ya.